Welcome to The Money GPS. You came here for the truth, so let me unveil that for you. I've got a lot to cover today. We are going to look at many different aspects that I haven't been able to get to recently that will enlighten you to a certain degree as to what's happening right now. The first thing I want to look at is interest rates, because a lot of people just look at the Fed funds rate. Of course, it's very important. It is integral to not just the United States, but the whole world. But I'm going to look broader than that. The second thing we'll talk about is the shortages that are going on right now. I want to look at Brazil. Of course, I want to look at Russia. Two. The third thing is China friendly to Ukraine or are they a foe? I'm going to look at all the details of that and more. Let's begin. Here we have it. Bank of England increasing interest rates. The third successive meeting they're doing this. So we are now at 0.75%. Not very high to say the least, but you can see it right there. Current bank rate 0.75%. So in May, We'll see if they do the same thing again. I don't know. They're looking like it's going to be the case because you've got the inflation problem and they have one way to respond, and that is with rates. So you can see here, <clears throat> the central bank said that inflation now looks at up to climb to around 8% in the second quarter, up from 7.25% previously. It warned that the peak rate later this year could be several percentage points higher. Imagine that. Just imagine that where inflation is today, all the problems we have today, the expectation from the central bank is that it's going to get much worse towards the end of the year. This was supposed to come down. This was supposed to stop. Powell said in the conference that the initial expectation was that, you know, towards the first quarter into the second quarter of the year, things would kind of level off and then we would see inflation slowly decline in the second half. Now he's saying that isn't the case and we expect it to increase further. So these central banks, obviously they're coordinated and they look at the same data, but it's a global thing. That's all I'm trying to say. What we're seeing right now, it's global. Brazil hikes key interest rate ninth straight time. Nine times in this country here. They've got to slow down the inflation rates. They've got to do it. Now they're doing it more aggressively than the Fed, that's for sure. The bank's monetary policy committee raised the benchmark rate by 1% to 11.75%. Continued to negatively surprise policymakers on inflation there. Look at this. Let's look around the world. This is global rates. You could look down the list. Um, you know, US, you could look at Australia, Chile, South Korea, Brazil, and so on. And what I want to note from this is if you look in this column right here on the left hand, on the right hand side, excuse me, you see a lot of 2022. Okay. So it just shows you, by the way, this is current rate. If you can see that right here where my mouse is, maybe if I zoom in a little bit, that's all I can get. So this is your, your current rate, 0.5%, the maximum uh, for the US. Looking at this, just go down the list, 2022. 2022, 2022, 22, 22, 22, all the way down. A lot of these have come this year. So we see that there is a coordination to increase interest rates and slow down inflation on a global scale. So that's the case here. I just wanted to clarify, looking at the Fed funds rate, they operate within a range, okay? So they were at 0 to 0 0.25, and now it has increased by 25 basis points, or 0.25%. So, you know, it's not, some of them, like, 
are, are a specific number. But anyway, I just want to make that clear. Russia's inflation rate surpasses annual target in two weeks. Prices have shot up at their fastest pace in more than two decades. So, of course, you've got problems that are there that, quite frankly, there's no doubt about, uh, you know, how the hardships are placed on the people, especially within the bottom 50%, and then you go up from there. The people who don't have extra disposable income or didn't have it before, suddenly, if their food and energy prices are higher, that's going to make up everything they've got. And a lot of them will end up underwater. So I read this initially and I had to reread it. Inflation came in at 2.1%. Actually, it says it up here. If you read it like this, where is it? Maybe it's in the next article. But anyway, it basically says it's 2%. And I thought to myself, 2%? How could, how could that be? 2% in seven days. Seven days increasing by 2%. So that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just imagine, just imagine where it will be by the end of the year if it were to continue. The ruble has collapsed, prompting the central bank to raise interest rates to 20% and ban Russians from purchasing foreign currencies or transferring dollars and euros abroad. So we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but generally when you see capital controls, the currency does perform very poorly. Russian inflation may spike to 20% on ruble drop and sanctions. You could look at that going back to essentially 20, more than 20 years ago. And, you know, at the rate it's picking up right now, this could be quite excessive. We will see what happens here in the near future. All right. We're going to talk more about Russia, but I want to look at how this relates to the shortages. Okay. Russia's inflation shock gives way to Soviet-style shortages. Inflation eased slightly to 2%. That's, that's where I was reading it, 2% last week. Bank of Russia set to review policy at meeting on Friday. So by the time you're seeing this video, that should be uh, tomorrow, where Friday, uh, you know, this is going to be yet another central bank deciding rates this week. This was a big week, okay? Russian inflation eased slightly from a multi-decade high, but there are signs that food staples and imported goods are growing increasingly scarce. This is because, of course, the sanctions and the, you know, the supply chain mess that's been going on for a while, it's affecting every country. Here you go, same chart. The main risk now is the emergence of a shortage of basic imported everyday goods as well as durable goods. Many are no longer available in the stores, and prices in online stores have risen sharply. That brings us to this. Fertilizer sanctions split farm superpowers as costs surge. Brazil wants fertilizers to be kept free from Russia sanctions, saying, look, if we can't get this stuff onto these crops, there, we're, you know, we're going to suffer. That's going to make the prices higher. That's going to make the consumers on the other end have to pay more money. So that's what they're saying anyway. Looking here, Brazil, the top exporter of everything from soybeans to coffee and sugar, are then the bigger biggest importer of fertilizer, argues for keeping crop nutrients sanc uh, sanction-free in the name of food security. Maybe sacrifices are necessary to address the unjustified war that Russia has chosen to start. So they're just getting into that. And of course, as you see food prices rising to a dramatic record, there are, you know, we need to decide, you know, what, what needs to be done here to make this better. So 
Uh, obviously, demand destruction would be one way if we got into a, a recession and then you start to lower the um, prices of products, okay, the demand destruction. But, but will that impact food? Um, perhaps indirectly. Australia plans rare earth boost to fight China's dominance. I've talked about this many times before. And you got to figure, when you have these different minerals that are available, like you look at the US, the US, the US has these rare earths. The problem is pulling it out of the ground. And so China's willing to do it. They're willing to do that dirty work. And they're able to profit from it. At the same time, though, if you look at how much they're actually like producing and refining down, it is like a, a large majority of what we have today. And that puts problems for all different industries. I believe they mentioned it here. Um, China produces around 70 to 80% of the global uh, critical minerals that are used in smartphones, electric cars, defense, and space technology. So imagine they get into a clash between the two countries and they say, we're not going to do business with you anymore. That would be very worrisome, to say the least. We've definitely been asleep. In 2019, China threatened to ban the exports of rare earth minerals to the United States. The threat would have hit the production of military equipment along with a booming renewable energy industry, all different industries, in fact. Okay, and that would mean um, just more uh, difficulty getting those. Prices go higher, consumer prices higher, reduced demand recession, and so on. Russian Russia-linked oil fuel cargoes rush to the U.S. before the ban starts. Okay, so they got a timer. They've got this going on right now, and it connects with this one here. Two tankers fill up with Russian oil after the 45-day U.S. countdown begins. So this flotilla, 12 tankers, going towards the U.S. They've got to hurry up. Time is running out because this is all going into place, and I don't know what's going to come after that. Will this be resolved by then? We will have to see. Some Russia creditors have received dollar bond payment. I wanted to make this clear. I talked about the issue previously. Were they going to default? So they have apparently paid up. And of course, as they say at the bottom line there, Russia says it has the cash. Any default is artificial. They said, here, here's your money. But you, you know, you're, you're basically preventing us from getting to where we need to be. And if they do that, obviously it's going to be an issue. If they say, okay, we're going to put you in jail right now, but you got to go to your court date over here. And they say, well, I can't get out. I'm in jail. Obviously, that's an issue. So um, this is something that has, you know, it's, it's developing as we go on. They have a lot coming up here. And so I want to see if they can continue to make that and what they do. Um, there is a de facto default in, in, in the sense that the ruble has declined dramatically. And so um, if they're paying back in rubles, that uh, of course, uh, would be would be an issue. But in this case here, they couldn't do that. They couldn't pay back in rubles. That wasn't an option for this particular bond payment. So it's interesting how they're playing this. Okay, and last but not least, I was surprised by this. I was surprised. China will be forever a good force for Ukraine, both economically and politically. Interesting. On a side note, they all seem to be wearing their jackets while inside at this meeting room. I just found that very interesting. Can you see this? Like, it must be really cold in this room. Or they're planning on heading to the door real fast. One or the other. Well, that's just a little note. 
China and the Ukraine are strategic partners this year for the 30th anniversary. They had diplomatic relations. Okay, 30 years now. China is a friendly country for the Ukrainian people. As ambassador, I can responsibly say that China will forever be a good force in Ukraine, both economically and politically. China will never attack Ukraine. We will help, in particular, in the economic direction. Interesting. So it looks like what we're seeing here, that they're kind of playing both sides of it. They're being nice with Russia. They're being nice with Ukraine. They're staying out of it with the U.S., and they're just doing what they're doing. And I think they're playing the very long game because they want dominance over a long period of time. They want to do certain things, but they're not going to... They're, they will do this. If it takes them 500 years, they will take 500 years. They don't care. They're not going to rush it. They're going to make what they believe are all the right steps in, in the directions that they want. And here we are. So that's my message for today. It looks like statistically that recession is becoming more and more and more likely. The bond market started to price that in. You're seeing what's happening with interest rates and all of that. If you appreciate this video and my invisibility cloak that seems to be coming through here, just hit that thumbs up button. That's all. Okay. I'll see you on the next one. Take care.